Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. United Airlines has announced, Jacqueline, that the staff that they formerly granted religious exemptions to their mandatory vaccination policy uh-huh. will now be put on unpaid leave. Get your praying ass the fuck out of here and <laughs> turn in your wings. <laughs> Aren't they opening themselves up to lawsuits like that? No, we didn't fire you. We just put you on unpaid leave. Until you get vaccinated. But I'm not making any money. No, you're on leave. That means you still work here. That's so corporate. It's brilliant. It's Better go brilliant. get stabbed up. It's dirty. That's what they tell you. Go get stabbed up. I am concerned with the people that will be left to handle these flights. As the <laughs> fights increase on the planes. United, yo, these airlines, Ralph, this shit about to be like riding the subway. You're going to have to get a shank. <laughs> I think what they need to do is allow all the United people to take free MMA classes, and they all need rolls of duct tape to put unruly people in seats until they get off the plane. I keep telling y'all, man, unemployed nightclub bouncers need to be flight attendants. It oh, solves this problem. That's it perfect. Solves it. You ain't arguing with the bouncer. They have to secure the plane, but they are about to have the C team flying these planes, so we all better learn how to fly a plane real fast. This is gonna be bad. Y'all waiting on me to fly a plane. It ain't gonna happen. I can barely fly a paper airplane. You better learn more than anybody. I can't fly a plane on PlayStation. There's too many buttons. If I get up in that cockpit and that controller got more than two buttons, we crash it. Oh gosh. <laughs> My name is Roy. This is my job there. Top of the week to you. Top of the middle of the week to you. Third, how's it going? How's school? The youngins are back in school. Oh, man, uh, school has been good so far, but you know how school is at this time of year. They went to school one day, and then they were off for five. And then they go back to school one day this week, and then they're off for five. So, like, you know, it's like really the first two or three days of school in the month of September. So far, it's been great. Uh, JG, as well, good day to you. Hi. This week, I want to kind of get into a little bit from the employment side and how screwed employers are. So we're going to have someone coming on 
uh, in the second break of the show to talk with us about ways that employers can entice people into actually working where they are because it's it's getting tougher and tougher to attract people into the staff. It is. Mm. It's hard to get an Arby's roast beef sandwich. What do you what do you mean by that? You well, it's hard first, to get a roast beef sandwich. First off, don't ever I don't want you to ever offer any dialogue on anything that I consume again if you've openly admitted on this program to eating Arby's. I like Arby's. What's wrong with Arby's? I, the, Nothing. I, je- what, what? I need a good roast beef with cheddar every once in a while. Homie. Here's here. I love a beef and cheddar, but here's my assessment, and I hope that you appreciate this third. <gasps> the cheese is too yellow. Facts. What? Facts. 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 That's an odd, Facts. and it's not a complaint. It's just. Why it's a little off-putting. Why is it so bright? It's, like just so it's bright. so radiant. Why I is your cheese so radiant? I don't feel comfortable eating more have than the half answer. of this. The cheese like this. is government cheese. That cheese has always been that radiant and that color when you melt it. Oh, so you just <laughs> forgot about that cheese. Okay, you know that cheese looks like that. That's the answer. <laughs> Wait a minute. All the Arby's across the country is using government cheese, JG. Is that what you're telling me? They got the meats, but not the cheese. So they got to use the government <laughs> cheese. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> wow. Okay. JG is a is the Arby's cheese sommelier that I that I didn't know I needed in my life right now. I seriously I, I like Arby's, that. but go ahead. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I ain't know that. Time now for Cody's Most Outstanding Employee of the Week. Now, we didn't talk about this the first time this happened over in Egypt. But we're going to talk about it this time because it's happened again. Another big ship is stuck in the Suez Canal and has blocked traffic and one of the world's most major shipping routes again. Is it now, the same ship? No, different ship. Right. And so um, Suez Canal, you know, that's where the ships cut through to keep from going around the bottom of Africa and dealing with the pirates and all of that bullshit. So you cut up through the Persian Gulf, Mediterranean to get there. Well, you come mm-hmm. out. In the Mediterranean Sea, right? And that's like the shortcut to Europe and all of that. Uh, yeah, so another ship, I guess, turned the wrong way. And the, the canal is a little too shallow. And uh, now it's stuck. And now it's a bunch of ships just chilling in the Gulf waiting for the tugboats to pull it out. So how does this connect to Cody's most outstanding? Oh, this is terrible. This is not outstanding in a good way. Okay. This is- <laughs> If you're that guy and then the captain comes up to the deck, what do you say, Jacqueline? What all right, say? that sounds like a reason. <laughs> Did I do that? Okay, Urkel. That's what I'd have said. I would jump off the ship, dog. No, you can't jump, off, jump the off the ship. The captain stays with the ship. No, this is the driver. I'm talking about this is like the first mate or whatever the fuck. Captain D, I don't know what you call this dude, Long John. <laughs> It's probably a man driving this thing, but it has, they have to have some room for error. I mean, they got to learn. So they just messed up. I think you are a G and a half if you decide to jump after making that mistake. Have you ever seen one of them? You talk about jumping like 30 stories, homie, into into an area that might be the size of a watermelon to hopefully save your life. If you to take up that much, you're a G if you're jumping. He's not jumping. He's going to stay and correct it just like these people are. He's not jumping anywhere. He's very um, organized and maintained. 
But I still don't understand how this is Cody's bad, most outstanding, or whatever you're going with this. It's outstanding in a bad way because you fucking blocked everything. So congratulations. You are the worst employee on your ship. Oh, so you've never (laughs) made a mistake. you never made a mistake. I've never blocked global commerce. Facts. Never done that. Hmm. What's the biggest mistake you've made on a job then, Jacqueline? I think every job I've ever had, I've made a mistake. But the one that resonates with me is when I sent out an email that was just laced with typos. But I was so young. You hear this shit, third. But it went to like 100,000 people. Third, do you hear this shit? Jacqueline's big. That's the worst. Is that she that's, couldn't put the I before E except after C. That's her that's, big. That's, the, that's, that's your it. biggest. That's yeah. the big shit. To like 100,000 people. In the course of one week on air at 95.7 Jams, I played an unedited prank call at 7 o'clock in the morning when school children were listening. Four days later, I played 8-Ball and MJG for four hours straight accidentally on the gospel station. Oh, my God. On the gospel station, though? On the gospel station. Hey, man, maybe they needed that space age pimping, bro. Sometimes sometimes you need that in your life. It was literally the only... It's literally the only 8-Ball and MJG song that you can get away with playing on a gospel station because they don't curse, they don't denigrate women. The whole song is about celebrating how nice their car looks and how happy they look in their car. You felt bad, didn't you? Oh, my God, you felt bad. Yeah, I should have been fired. Well, how do you think this person on the ship, driving the ship, feels? What makes you think I didn't try to jump out the 10th floor of that medical forum building when I found out what was happening? (laughs) You didn't. But I'm just saying. Double pane glass. I couldn't get out. (laughs) We make mistakes, Roy. It happens. Third, what is the worst mistake you've made on a job? Man, the show is short, bro. We ain't got that much time to talk about the mistakes that I've made. <laughs> it's some of the many jobs that I have I have held down. Okay, okay. Um, Worst mistake, yeah. and you still were able to stay on board. Like, they didn't fire you for it. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> oh, they fired you. <laughs> they oh, you go. Yeah, no, they took me. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, no. I, uh-uh. No, uh, yeah, pretty much every time. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've gotten I've gotten fired before, and it wasn't even my fault. Like they were just like, what? "You look menacing." Yo, they were like, literally, they were there like, "You look menacing today." When I came into work, that's what my boss says to me. He said, "You look menacing today," and I was like, "I've got on a bow tie and a sta- I don't know what you're talking about." And I went about my job. About halfway through the day, I got a call to come down to HR. They called me down to HR, put me in the office. It was like, "Mr. Cooper, we're firing you," and I was like, "But I didn't do anything wrong." And the woman literally says, "Well." Your boss did say you looked menacing today, and that was enough for us. I was like, but I wasn't even late. For some reason, I'm that dude when when the company does riffs and stuff. I'm the one that they send two or three security guards to to walk out the building because I'm I'm a, I'm a big ass dude. So like they, they, they we didn't want you to be upset. I didn't have a chance. You already put me in cuffs. So like yeah, that's what they do. You're welcome, JG. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> whoever was driving the wonderful shipping vessel. The coral crystal. We feel bad aground, for you. That ran aground in the Suez Canal and stopped shipping traffic. You are Cody's. I'm going to say it because you know I'm right. You're not right. They need a second chance. You are Cody's uh, most outstanding. Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Let me say least outstanding employee of the week. Would that make you feel better? 
Nah, man. He still got all the people waiting behind his ass. He's a, he's the most outstanding. Damn that. Is it really a guy? <laughs> probably so. The ship. Oh, is... probably. I'm just it's, curious. It's now a, I'm gonna look it's it up. A, the ship. The ship is from Panama. It's a Panamanian ship. Panama doesn't strike me as a country that's just. I don't know. Maybe they are progressive in women's equity. Maybe they are letting women drive ships. Well, the reason why I said because it wouldn't have happened to a woman. But go ahead. Yeah. Fifth. Woman would miss the turn for the Suez Canal altogether. <laughs> she should have had to do that three sixty. <laughs> she had to do that three sixty curve, and she'd have took out a straight wall. You already know. I ain't even going. Mm. It wouldn't have happened. Some, be somewhere in the Indian Ocean talking about this is quicker. Mm-hmm. Going by Paris Argu- somewhere to get some shoes. Arguing with the GPS out in the middle of the ocean. This mm. part of Royce Job Fair is brought to you by sexism. Sexism. Proud <laughs> sponsors. Worst and first time, this is where we invite you, the job fair listener, to come on this acoustical radio presentation and tell us about a terrible job or a good job you had. You may have had a you may have had a memorable job. Third, do you have any good job memories other other than shitting in his toilet before you resigned and left that job? Um there's that part. Yeah, actually, man, if I if there's a one job that I, that I actually really cherished was uh, when I was a uh, teaching at Baloo Senior High School down there in Southeast D.C. And I also got to be the soccer coach. I cherished all two years of that, man. I loved, I loved working down there. It's a good thing. I still think that my first job at Baskin-Robbins is probably the one that I have the most fondness for because that manager didn't have a reason to hire me. I was a 15-year-old little black kid in a suit, and he hired me on the spot. I did a lot of daily work, daily pay stuff, and that's why I'm very excited about these guests that we're about to have on now. So the pandemic hits last year. And comedy clubs were one of the first to go. Like, boy, don't nothing wake you up to how unessential your job is. Bruh. Like a pandemic. And you go, oh, my job is for people with disposable income. What? <laughs> Everybody's broke and unemployed. Oh, shit. No one wants to see jokes. So... There, there was there was a wonderful, wonderful charity, and we did this super dope telethon last mm-hmm. year with a group called Comedy mm. Gives Back, and we raised money, you know, for a lot of comedians that are in, you know, those different, that aren't in positions as privileged as myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I started mm. nine years on the road, sleeping in my car, and that, you know the story in the boots, and we go back and listen to the first fucking episode. But... It's my pleasure to bring on two of the co-founders of Comedy Gives Back. And I, I want to I talk to y'all a little bit about how this came to. I guess I should say your names first. Zoe Friedman, Joey Lieberman. Welcome to the job fair. Jody <laughs> hello. Lieberman, hello. Hi, so nice so, to be here. Thank you so much. So when did you all know for sure that COVID was about to change stand-up comedy? Like, as the shutdown was starting to like happen? You know, I, I remember it was March. It was Friday the 13th that March 13th. I had a call with um, Brian Baldinger who works over at Starburns audio. And we were talking about the just for last festival. Cause I consult for them. That's one of my, you know, many plates we spin, you know, as we, uh, you know, do many different things. And we were supposed to have an in-person meeting and we said, let's just do it on the phone. And it was clear that the announcements were coming, like the clubs were closing. We were seeing comics get gigs canceled. 
And at that moment, he's actually, he said to me, we need to, let's do something. I said, oh, we were on our call, comic is back earlier this day talking about what do we do? Like everybody was seeing on the writing in the world. I don't think anybody anticipated how long it would last, obviously, and how uh, shut down completely it would be for a, a prolonged period of time. I think we were like, oh, you know, we all like through the summer or even like a month. And we went fast into action, you know, and, um, and, and decided that we have to, uh, you know, create a program to a fundraiser, a digital telethon, live stream telethon. Um, but I think it was on that March 13th that we started seeing the writing on the wall that people were like, I don't think I can even go meet you in person right now. It was like wow. that kind of thing. Like, are we supposed to meet in person? I guess not. Let's just do a call. And then the call became, let's do laugh -Aid. Well, it wasn't called laugh -Aid at that time. Let's, you know, Comedy Gives Back was around. We were not a pandemic relief organization. We were a, a nonprofit that supports the comedy community and comedians in need, much like a Music Cares or Actors Fund. That's how we mm -hmm. created and envisioned it because, you know, uh, comics are great artists and they have a hard road and they sleep in their cars and they don't have insurance and mm -hmm. they don't, you know, they live gig to gig. And I, we all know this well from our, you know, various jobs in the business. And so it was, you know, we envisioned it one way and then we pivoted and, you know, did the laugh aid, which, and Roy, you were one of the first to say yes. And we had 90 comedians who came and said yes. Uh, and we have started giving out grants on April 5th. We did it on April 4th. We gave out our first hundred grants on April 5th and have given over a thousand grants uh, wow. while the clubs were closed before Zoom shows. It was before Zoom shows became a thing and before comedians knew that they probably had to depend on those a little bit, you know, but right. So uh, I'm, I'm not a performer. I'm also a comedy producer and a manager, but I work with comics. And it was pretty fearful when all of a sudden we realized, oh, every gig from that was booked in March and April got canceled. But the good news was no one knew how long it was going to last. So everything just got moved till May. So everybody had hope. It was all like deferred income in the sense that, oh, okay, it's not happening now, but it will happen in May. And then within three, four days later in March, stuff got pushed till July. And then three days later, it got pushed till September and then it didn't get rescheduled. So I think at one point people started to realize like my clients were like, oh, I need to do Zoom shows or we need to figure out other ways to perform. We need to go outside and do shows. So thank God it was, you know, summer was coming, the weather was getting warmer. Um, but like when we started doing Laugh Aid, we were like, how are we doing this? How are people performing without an audience? And that's when we started to realize, oh, maybe we'll do podcasts and stuff. And then people adapted. And I think people got very creative over, over the course of the pandemic. I'd agree with you. And, and, and if I may, because uh, I am planning on one day being where Roy is, where he could be like, oh, my TV shows got canceled. Right, right now, I'm just having my kids are in school. So like, shout out to both of you for for hearing um you know, comics being in need and, and him talking about dc that's home for me and i and i literally watched every room that was a standard close like everything that might have been running for anything more than three to five years and like last year as a comic when you got rejected from 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 the festivals it hit way harder last year than it ever has and i've been doing comedy since 05 it hit last year like it really felt like Oh damn! Like I, I don't know what to do. So, 
can you can like the idea of of helping out comics who are in need like personally i i'm just impressed by that and and i'm and i'm kind of curious about the grants and stuff and, and what that does not for me personally now roy is a very good employer so i just need y'all to know that but but on the same tip i'm, I'm interested in how that that process kind of works well it changed as as we went on so initially mm. Um, when we started giving out grants in April, right after we did Comedy Goes Back Laugh Aid, it was the comics had to prove that they were a working comic making between X dollars. I think it was $12,000. We felt that was the minimum because we didn't want to give it out to people who were like, hey, I'm a comic. For a day. I just went mm-hmm. and, you know, did an open night mic one night and got paid $50. And then they had to prove to us that they had shows that were booked in March and April or May that were canceled. Hmm. And that was basically our criteria. And then when we gave it another round later on, you know, we knew every show was canceled. So it was just, you know, making sure that their income, that they were a working comic, basically. How are you going to be sure that people aren't scamming you or fraudulent, like getting claims or comics that aren't real? And we have an amazing board member named Harold Owens, who is the executive director of Music Cares. And he said, it's really, it becomes super clear, super fast, who's legit and who is not. And we happen to all live in the world of comedy. And then we, if we don't know them, somebody else does. And truthfully, when we were looking at these grants, you know, um, you know, there were people like, I'm a hairdresser who tells jokes. I'm like, oh, we wish we could help you, Mm. but we can't. We really, the other thing about the comedy community that was so exceptional is that comics who are and we say working comics we're helping working comics in need like somebody needs it more than me and it's a 500 hundred dollar grant ralph it wasn't like and i said take it you're a working comic if you get back to work next month then you can give it back like you know whatever that's make sweet. a donation that's yeah. fine that's right dope. but like this graciousness of comedians go like somebody needs it more than me i was like that's great you don't have to be selfless you can step up and say i, I i'm deserving it's a of lot this. of pride in our community it's a lot of pride. You know about to say yeah it's, it's real it's real that's it too especially yeah. especially roy hit it early on I, i'm one of those dudes i slept in my car i know what that's like and i know what that 500 dollars would do because when you're a comic and you're trying to come up you can use 500 dollars over a course of a week and go to like four states if you know what you're doing you know, we wish it could have been more, you know, mm. but we wanted to be able to help as the most we could, right? We wanted, and we wanted to pay, the number wasn't a random number. There are tax implications once you go above mm-hmm. a certain amount. But, you know, we also support, we we have 10 comedians in mental health uh, services that we're paying for therapy. We put That's our first dope. comic through chemical dependency and he's back on the road and he got cast in a box show. Like So with all that said, I wanted to celebrate you all and thank you all for supporting people in the industry that like many was struggling during a time um, that was unprecedented. I hate that word. Uh, but we're here to handle business with y'all. So worse than first, I want to hear about a shit job, Zoe Freeman. The summer before I went to college, I had that opportunity to be a nanny. I didn't even like kids at the time or I didn't baby. I wasn't one of those babysitter people. Like the family was recovering. Like the mom, the, the parents, like the father had an affair. I, I felt oh. like there was something kind of weird in the house. Like there was like, like a toxicity. Oh, no. I was sort of, but I couldn't oh, put no. my finger on it till I found out later that he had cheated, had an affair and they were working on it. And then the grandparents came and they wanted me to sleep in the room with the baby. And I was like, I don't want to share a room with no babe. Like I was ill-equipped to be a nanny. I hated it so much. Did you get any off days? Like what the f- I don't know. It wasn't, it was definitely like, was, ah. it, was, was it just a baby? 
Was it? Was that? It was a baby and a toddler. Totally. You're mm. 18. That yeah, should have like been 18. all the birth control you needed. Yeah, for years. By the, it took me 18 more years to have a kid. So, yes, it was good birth <laughs> control for sure. <laughs> well, the charity is Comedy Gives Back. And also, October 4th, you all are doing a Comedy Gives Back inaugural celebrity golf classic. I'm sorry I can't participate because I'm not good at golf. Let me know if you do a celebrity golf batting cage type situation. Uh, you can bid on an opportunity to play with some celebrity comedians like Ray Romano, Jeff Garland, Burt Kreischer. Go to ComedyGivesBack.com even if you just want to donate and you can't go out there to play golf with them. That's going down October 4th. Uh, we got to get into the world of employment, but um, Jody, I want you to stay around for Scam of the Week because I know I know some comedy scams and I, I think it oh, I'm going to tell you the story about the Dope and Dope Boys. Third, I don't know if you've heard this one. Nah, probably nah. one of the greatest comedy scams that I've ever seen run. Job fair, we'll be right back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Nick's anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nick's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Job fair. We back in this thing. Now, this acoustical radio presentation, JG, has been to help employees, right? Like, that was the original impetus for this. Was, hey, man, nobody got a job. You need to know where the job's at. And you think about changing your job. Ralph, did I ever tell you the story of how the job fair became to be? The patient zero. Nah, man. Hit me to the game. I want to know. I got a partner who is a lobbyist for the cannabis industry. See that? See, I didn't say the the M word. The dread. It's right here, homie. It's right here. I appreciate that. Go ahead on. I'm with it. His only function in life pre-COVID was to wine and dine politicians in his state. I can't say which state to try to get the laws changed in his state so that the cannabis industry could come in and make that money. Mm. COVID hits. Every politician is in the at-risk age group in this state. You already know it's a Southern state. Old is what I'm trying to say. Um, (laughs) And so he didn't have any way to make no bread. Mm. He pivoted and released a gospel album. And he is now a gospel singer. That's a pivot, bro. That's a pivot. And the way he was explaining and walking me through everything, I was like, someone needs to hear this. Bing! Podcast. But what we haven't done (laughs) is talk about ways that employers and the things employers could do to try to make their situation better because now it's a competition for workers. Everybody is still in employees. People is poaching like a motherfucker, dog. Employers ain't got no shame. Employers will straight call you up at your job. McDonald's will walk up on you in Burger King and be like, what's good? You want to come across the street? We got We're giving away iPhones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be cool you know, for this segment of the show, instead of talking about ways for people to find jobs, it, it, it would be cool to talk to someone who can help the employers find employees. And I appreciate you for middleman in this situation for us there. Third, uh, JG, who is on the line with us? We have Elaine with us, and she has 25 years of experience in the corporate arena. And she's going to talk to us very frankly about problem solving when it comes to hiring hourly workers. Elaine, welcome to the job fair. Thank you for agreeing to come on this program. You're welcome. We're we're in a we're in a we're in a world now where I feel like the employees have all the power. If you are a hireable person, 
then you can kind of command your salary, your terms, your bonuses. I have a friend right now that's six months into a new job and her old job from four years ago was already trying to poach her with a 150% salary bump. What what are the issues? Where are companies messing up? Because I like that. That's well, let's start with COVID. I saw where about a week or so ago, United Airlines basically said everybody got to get the vaccine, or we just gonna put you on unpaid. Which is why not just say fire? Why can't you just say fire? Yeah. But uh, and then also, uh, President uh Joe Biden said that um all government employees have to get the shot. Do you think that a lot of employers are hesitant to enact vaccine mandates for fear of losing employees that they possibly need right now? Breaking news. 20 minutes ago, Joe Biden announced that every private employer in this country that has 100 or more employees must ensure that their employees are vaccinated and if not vaccinated, tested on a weekly basis. That just happened just before we turned our computers on to talk to each other. So, you know, my email blew up, right? With all my HR and talent acquisition friends going, okay, now what? Because that really changes the game. Because now what we've done is what this ruling is going to do is it's going to make vaccination a condition for hiring, and a condition for continued employment. Now, this ruling literally just came out 20, I mean, Joe Biden just announced it 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. So we're going to have to wait for the thing to come down, and we're going to have to unpack it and ask a million questions. And then lawsuits. And then, uh... Oh, get on Twitter, my guy. The people on Twitter are blowing it up. You know, you got half the people running to the Supreme Court screaming, and you got half the people going, Hallelujah. That's just how divided we are, right? But when you, I don't when know you how say a, when mm-hmm. you say a private when you say a private company, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in Elaine. When you say a private company, now are we talking about not just like your data firms and places like that? Are we still also talking about like with McDonald's or uh El Polo Loco, seven yep. eleven? Does it, do they fall under that kind of stuff too? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. A private employer. So he was making the distinction between his previous ruling, which was if you take a paycheck from the federal government, you are getting a vaccine to now he's okay. saying, okay, forget that. Now, if you're a private employer in this company, the Department of Labor is going to come down on you and make sure your employees are vaccinated. And if you don't comply, it's a $14,000 fine for every violation. So I haven't read this yet, but is he making an executive order? And then my second question is, who's responsible for paying for this? Because if I have less than 100 employees, is the federal government going to pitch in? Because, I mean, you can't mandate something that you're not going to help me pay for. Well, it's 100 employees or more. So it's mm-hmm. employee, it's employers with 100 or more employees, okay. right? And what he's mandating is um, you have to give your employee time off to get the vaccine. I support that. I think if I'm an hourly worker and Ralph knows hourly workers are kind of my passion to make sure they get taken care of. If you're going to require that I be vaccinated, you better be paying me for the time it takes me to go over to the vaccine center and get my shot and come back. And if I don't feel so good, 
maybe you need to pay me for some time off to feel a little bit better too. So we're going to have to unpack that because that could get complicated pretty quickly, right? So, you know, in any, in, in local municipal, I mean, if it were me running a company with more than a hundred people and I was asking them to come back on site, you know, I'd be rounding up vaccine doses and hiring a nurse and saying, as they come through the door, put out your arm, put out your arm, put out your arm and making it simple for people, <laughs> right? But yeah. we have to unpack that. We, we This ruling literally isn't even inked yet. He's just talking about it on the TV, but okay. it's coming. Okay, but then to that point, Elaine, these companies with 100 or better employees, some of these people are going to go kiss my ass. I'm going to go be a gospel singer. And... <laughs> You have to replace that person. I know. You have to replace him. When we started this conversation, when you started the conversation, I liked the way you put it. I mean, you you basically said what I've been saying, which is right now, employees have the upper hand, or, or, or they did um, until 20 minutes ago. So <laughs> the way, the way, the way, because we're always pulling the rug out, right? We're always changing the rules. We're always moving the goalpost, particularly when way. you're an hourly worker. Um, and you can just stop me if you don't want to hear about hourly workers, but you know, that's what comprises the bulk of people in our country, people who work for 12, 11, 13 bucks an hour, right? That's who, yeah. What are these companies doing wrong? Why do they have a problem hiring hourly workers and retaining them? Because a lot of them are just walking off the job. Like there's. Yeah. There's a lot of jobs that are becoming thankless. When you when you wait 15 minutes for a Big Mac and a six-piece nugget, like I did at the McDonald's in Times Square, but I'm not supposed to complain about it because I have to be appreciative and thankful and clap for our essential fast food workers. How do companies fix this problem? What are the mistakes? So why, why is this an issue for companies, number one, beyond when, wage? Mm-hmm. When I think about it, I think about the, the way companies and corporations have evolved over time. And everything about employment has been on a company's terms. Everything. What I pay you, when I pay you, how often I pay you, what your shift is, if you can change your shift, if you get to work overtime or not. Companies have always dictated the terms of that engagement. When COVID happened, that all just got upended, right? Because now, you really couldn't tell me where I could work because I could work from home. And companies sort of lost some of their um, overlord status is the best way I can put it without they being- lost the juice. They yeah, the juice. without being too offensive, right? Mm. Yeah. And because, and, and the more inflexible you were as an employer, the quicker you lost people. And I think about it from the end, you know, I started my life out in- um, my corporate life really out in high-end pharmaceuticals, right? So scientists and researchers and engineers, they don't even look at a paycheck. We all we all made so much money, nobody looked at a paycheck. And over the time I, of I my- I can't relate to that, but yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to get I'm there. Trying to, I was just thinking I'm trying to go. So want to get well, there. Well, you know, we, we literally had scientists amazing. who had no idea how much money they made because they never looked at a paycheck. Well, when I ended up in business process outsourcing, call center, that kind of world, right? It, it's not like that, man. People are waiting. And, and so when, when, when COVID happened and people got sent home, either with or without a job, and they had alternate means of getting at least some funding, 
so some government help or whatever, or they figured it out, right? Maybe they had a partner that could still work. And so they figured out how to share babysitting with their neighbors, or they, you know, they, they figured out a way to survive. And they realized, wait a minute, I'm not going back to the way those people treated me, and why should I? And it wasn't just about pay. It just wasn't just about pay. And, and what I like to think about a, a company that could be successful in attracting and holding on to hourly workers or people that aren't making so much money, they don't bother to look at a paycheck, is to give them a whole package of things. So give them the opportunity to decide when they work. Recently, uh, the, I got some cousins. That's not gonna work for you, Lane. I'ma just tell you that up front. When I want to work, flex, oh, okay, I'll see you in no, four months. Flex scheduling could work because, like, I'm a night owl. I would like if I was doing computer yeah. terminal work, I would rather work like 11 to 5 a.m. or something. But uh, keep going. Agreed. Yeah, or let people. And one of the things that I noticed that really bothered me in call center and contact center work was. We were just so rigid. So we would have moms that would say, hey, can I get off at quarter to four? Not at four, but at quarter to four because the bus comes mm -hmm. and I want to meet my kid. And we would say, no, you got to work a full eight hours. Otherwise, we're going to dock you. Well, how stupid mm -hmm. is that? But that is very common in shift work. It is mm -hmm. very common not to give people schedule flexibility because why? Because the company never had to before. And why should they? It gets complicated because now I got to plug that 15 minute gap. And yeah, I don't think so. I'll just fire you and get somebody who doesn't have a kit. Well, OK, yeah. you see, I get pissed off about this because <laughs> in the world that I came from, more than 50 percent of the workers were women with children and most of them were single moms. It does not work if you don't sort of help someone navigate their whole life. It's not just about the pay. It's not just about the benefits, which, of course, most of them can't afford. It's, it's about helping them manage all the facets of their life. And I think if you can get your arms around some of that and show people that you really have, the, have a process in place to do that or have that intention, I mean, maybe that's a place that people would, would like to work. How fiscally realistic is that for companies? If they can't give you better salary, how much of a hurt is it to their bottom line to be more flexible with their workers? Well, I would argue with you that it's not a hurt to their bottom line at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I can substitute flexibility and also what I like to talk about, which is I paying, paying you after every shift, then I might not have to give you any more money. I might be able to offset that. I might be able to say, hey, I'm going to let you pick your shift. As long as you work 40 hours for me in a week, I don't care when you work it. I don't care. And I don't care if you work it four hours here and then take that two hour break to tend to a baby or an elderly parent or whatever, and then come back and work me another four because we're in a global world, right? So in, in call center, contact center, you think people stop calling for help at five o'clock East Coast time? They do not. I can assure you of this. <laughs> they do not. So we literally, you can run many businesses that do chat, calls, food, the, the food industry. You can run those businesses 24-7 if you want to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and people do. So I think that there's an off, there could be an offset there where you can substitute or trade um, some lifestyle benefits for cash. True story. I was going through a drive, well, I was going through a drive through just bleak the or whatever and the guy came on the speaker and he said cash only how can I help you I said I'm coming to the window so I waited a few minutes I said obviously I know what is about to happen here he said yes 
I said, well, can you just go ahead and give me a sandwich? And he was like, yes. And I was like, and a drink. He was like, no fries? I said, no. He gave me these things and I kept going because he was taking cash only because that was his last night. So how do you stop? Oh yeah, that's how that happens. How do you stop the turnover? I'm serious. How do you stop the turnover? If you're paying them as soon as they get done that night or the second night of work, how do you stop that turnover? I don't pay them everything that they're owed. I pay them half what they're owed. So mm. what what uh, shift pay or daily pay or earned wage pay? Yeah, explain that first. Then let's yes. come back to this R because oh, well. how do you fix that problem? Yeah. So essentially, what um, earned wage access is or shift pay is every day uh, you hourly workers you count mm. the number of hours, right? I worked eight. I worked seven. I worked six and a half. I worked fifteen. Whatever, right? And um, you count the hours. And you make half of those hours available for instant pay on an app, mm, right? Okay. So um, I'm not giving you everything and just have you cut and run with my money and not come back to work the next day or later on in that shift, right? You, yes. you make half of it av available to people because the same way corporations, you know, have exercised dictatorial control. They've decided not only I'm going to tell you what I'm going to pay you, I'm going to tell you when. And do you think most hourly employees like to get paid every other week? No, Hell they no. can't wait that long. <laughs> you know what the percentage of hourly employees that don't have checking accounts is? That don't have a way to get access to their As a money even who used on to do payday? payday loans in college. I can tell you unequivocally. Yes. Ooh. You yes. And money. this yesterday. this thing, earned wage access, shift pay, daily pay, it eliminates the need to go to a predatory. Sorry, Roy. Um, payday lender. <laughs> you don't have to predatory? do that. In my last company, uh, I, I instituted that. And I basically said, if you worked eight hours today, I will pay you for four tonight if you want it. You don't have to take it. But if you want it, you can download the app. There's no charge. It's right here on the app. It's your money. I'll transfer it to your bank account. You can, I'll give you a debit card for it. You can swipe it at Target or Walmart or wherever you are. And it just helps people like who can't wait you know, to only wow. get paid twice a month when you got a truck payment, you got to pay the lady watching your kid, right? I'm a huge fan of this, um, of this, and I was an early adopter of it, and it's a huge hit. So, so when I would go out in the market and try to hire in a high volume environment, I would say, hey, do those guys down the street pay you every day? Well, I do. You come over here, and I'm going to pay you every day. So it's a, an attraction tool and a retention tool because they know they can get money every day or at the end of every shift, and not everybody's doing that, but they should be. Tell us about the app and how other employers could use this if it's something that they want to do. Not me, of course, because the job fair pays every, 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 what I pay y'all, twice a week, monthly? When is we're good, Roy. Yeah, we're good. Don't don't even, good. Yeah, you're good. We got it. We're good. We're, you we're all can just call me privately after this. Um, <laughs> I'll help you out. <laughs> um, there's several uh, companies that do this. I have a particular fondness for a company called Branch, B-R-A-N-C-H. They do a wonderful job. It's a small company. The CEO is a great guy and he really has a passion for improving not just access to pay, but in improving financial well-being for hourly, the hourly and gig workforce, right? Because not everybody grows up with a checking account 
or a credit card or knows how to budget for anything. And, and he, he supplies a lot of that stuff, free education, which was super helpful for me in my last job to give uh, the people working for us not only an ability to get money quicker, but also some tools for how to navigate financial life. We had a big call center down in Mississippi and uh, on my watch, uh, very first time we ran our own payroll by ourselves as a company, you know, we had maybe 1,500 people there and I'd say about 60 of them, we didn't get the paychecks to their home address correctly. We had the wrong address for them. So it was bad, right? First of all, they're only getting paid every other week, which sucks. And now I didn't get the damn paycheck to them. So I you got auto pays scram- racing to that bank. On I'm that scrambling like crazy. And I call the, the local banker, right? And I call him up and I say, hey, I employ about 1100 people in your community, it's a really small town, Mississippi. And I need you to help me. I'm going to send them some paper checks and I want you to cash them for me. And he said, I won't. I said, what? He said, well, yeah. most of those people have had checking accounts in here before and they owe me money and I'm not cashing their checks. And I said, okay, you, you've got to help me out, man. It's Friday. I'm, I'm airlifting checks to these folks. You have got to help me out. I can't have them go the weekend, not be able to pay the light bill. I will personally guarantee them. My company will guarantee them. I need you to cash those checks. He would not do it. That is when I put in that uh, daily pay system. I thought, okay, I just won't do business with a bank at all. You're out. It had never occurred to me that people didn't have checking accounts. That was an education for me, that people didn't have a checking account. You know why? They can't afford the service fees. They can't afford the fees. And God love them if they bounce a check, they're out of there. They're out of there. For me, that was learning how to do an end run around the the banking system, which does not support people um, fully. low wage hourly workers, I was happy to leave them behind. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I think you've given a lot of employers something to think about. And if you have more than a hundred employees, you better get that Pfizer in stock and start jabbing people in the arm as soon as they walk up in there. You call it the Elaine system, brother. Just like, like just how you doing? Welcome to work. Stab. How you doing? Welcome to work. Stab. Just that's the Elaine, Elaine. system. Elaine Davis, thank you so much for coming on the job. Thank you, I appreciate you. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody. Not only did I used to do payday loans, I figured out on College Third how to make counterfeit pay stubs because <laughs> a pay stub essentially, it's not made on any type of watermark official. Right. Like you're not recreating a fucking dollar bill. It's a piece of paper, it's a grid with numbers on it, and no one calls to verify any of this shit. I'm just going to be honest. There were weeks where I needed $100 to go make $150. Mm-hmm. And so that $100 got me to the 150 And when I got back in town, I would give them back their $100. Mm-hmm. Oh, you give it Plus back? Well, oh, yeah, you I give it back? Gotta pay it back. I got to keep running the hustle the rest of the summer. So, yeah, I give them back. The, I borrow 100 I think you pay back 120 130 It was like a ridiculous percentage. And I would net. Twenty thirty dollars for the weekend. Like that's all. And I a would free coke. You gave it back though. That's when you learn how to misspell your own name. But I don't want to lie. I don't want to tell on nobody. After the break, <laughs> if Ralph is still here, he'll join us as we talk to Rod, and Rod will walk us through some <laughs> things that you can break the ice with. Damn, bro, you was cold blooded with. It. I was just trying to get him to front me a hundred dollars. Yo ass trying to break the whole Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme over here, Mister Ponzi man. 
campus was five minutes away from Magic City, Roy. I couldn't go in there with $30. You spent the money on strippers? You got to support was, people that work hard, Roy. I was promoting my comedy career. I was trying to advance as a comedian. I wasn't. I wasn't doing that in college, sir. Sorry. I was. I was. You I went to school and everybody strippers at thirty-four percent interest. They gave you four songs. <laughs> we'll be back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Job Fair. We back in this thing. He comes to us from parts unknown. He is the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short, giving you topics to break the ice with co-workers of the opposite race. Rod, what's going on, sir? What's up, What's up, man? Uh, how y'all feeling? I'm what good, the fuck? Huh? Your audio sounds terrible. Are you, like, hiding in your side chick's closet or some shit right now? You know how your boy gets down. I'm actually under the bed. <laughs> Somebody before. Don't know if it's her man or if it's just Amazon, whichever it is. Uh, your boy is in hiding, absolutely. Have you ever been in I'm a situation, third? Me? I, I had to hide from a girl's 14-year-old son one time in college. That was different. <laughs> Wait, what? You scared he was going to beat your ass? <laughs> nah, he was going to snitch me out to the, the baby daddy. I ain't feel like yeah, that. I ain't trying to go out like oh, that. No. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline, why do Short you answer. <laughs> Short answer, yes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I've lived a life, Jacqueline. That's right? fine. It's just that mm. I'm going to ask questions later. <laughs> All right, Rod, let's make it quick before the side dude find you and beat your ass live on this podcast. Get the people, get the people something to break the ice with their coworkers, man. Uh, white people, what, what's all the race right now with black people is Young Jeezy and Gucci Mane officially burying the hatchet, even after they did a versus together. That's going on tour together this fall, and that's a beautiful thing. Nobody ever thought that could happen, but Young Jeezy and Gucci Mane will be touring together this fall. It's it's a reconciliation like not over in hip hop history. If you bring that up to black to your black coworkers, they will hug you. It really especially if you work in the South. That's Cheesy and yeah. Gucci touring together. I don't know, is the Beatles and Yoko Ono like going to Cheesecake mm. Factory to have a meal? Would that be mm. the equivalent beef squashing? That would absolutely be the equivalent. Wow. This is like Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham getting married. Alright, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Allegedly, and this is a big allegedly because I don't want no trouble with the Atlanta hip hop community. But allegedly, Jeezy sent goons to kill Gucci Mane. This is in the early 2000s. What? Yeah, I remember hearing this story. Gucci Mane was in a house. Somebody pulled a kick door in his house. And Gucci Mane had that thing on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killed Jeezy's homeboy. Uh Got off uh on self-defense. And from then Uh on... It was when I see you on site, I'm going to murder you. Oh my! And they went back and forth for a decade. Hold up, Gucci hold up. Gucci Mane made a diss track to Young Jeezy. There you go, there we go, there we go. Bring it up. About how he killed his homeboy. Right, and then and then when he was on the verses, then when he was on the verses, he did the song and shouted out again. Oh yeah, I shot your boy. Just so you know. Yeah, the- yeah it was rough. Mm-hmm. Jack, look at Jacqueline's face, horrified. This man yes. who <laughs> killed a man's best friend. Look this man in the face at what was supposed to be a reconciliation versus event and said, mm-hmm. Go dig your homeboy up and ask Yo, him about me. There it is. And now they're on tour together. Well, money makes friends. Anything is possible. Whatever grudge you are holding against somebody, I promise you, if Jeezy and Gucci Man can get through theirs, you can get through yours. Rod, flip the script for him real quick. Black people, uh, this week, what you want to talk to white people about is actually two of their favorite things. That is dogs and shrooms. Uh, oh, a a woman God. in New Hampshire took her dog on one of their usual walks, and the dog ate a wild mushroom that turned out to be very psychedelic, and the dog went on an ego death trip. <laughs> what? Tripping balls. That's not funny. 
Awesome. Oh my god, you gotta see the video. There's a video of it. It is hilarious. That dog looks like it is just not realizing it is a dog. It is <laughs> it's funny. Look, she took the dog to the vet and she said, oh, well, I just paid a hundred forty dollars to find out that my dog is just high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this funny, Rod? This is not. So why are you laughing? <laughs> you just, no, you just came on the show last with a couple. What was it? The weed episode, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rod, Rod was on it all serious. Hey, just so y'all know, when you're shotgunning cannabis into the face of your dog, it's mm. not cool because animals have a distorted sense. And now you're on here chuckling because the dog. Probably think he a tiger. I mean, what's funnier than that? I'm about to say, I was extremely chill. Like, if your dog is pound weed, it might act a little weird, but this dog was tripping balls on shrooms. Shrooms. Looked like he was having a damn good time. Uh, the podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can get it wherever you download podcasts. Hit him up on Twitter, Rod, the number four short, Rod for short. Rod, good luck with whatever happens to you the rest of this <laughs> evening. What's up? A good show, Rod. Thank you. Hey, hey Rod. Hey, Rod. If you need me to send that Uber, hit me, bro. Hit me. Hit me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that, big dog. It costs still outside. I don't think this nigga's leaving. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Scam of the week time. Joining us back again, uh, they are co-founders of a wonderful charity that has supported stand-up comedians who were down bad last year during the pandemic. The charity is called Comedy Gives Back. Uh, Jody Lieberman and Zoe Friedman. Zoe, we heard from you earlier during Worst and First. Uh, Jody, we work in a very sleazy business. <laughs> so, you know, scam of the week, you know, we, we invite people on, and it could be a scam that you ran, you heard was run. You know, we just like to let people know some of the shadiness that's happening in a lot of different worlds of employment. I'll share mine first. Okay. Uh, Third, I don't know if you've heard. Have you? Have I told you the story of the Dothan Dope Boys? Nah, man. Jacqueline's died, so now I need to know. JG knows the story. She knows the story. So, I get a call to do a show in Dothan, Alabama. I told the story on This Is Not Happening on Comedy Central years ago. And so, there's this thing, Jody, where, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but for sure in the South, where if you're a dope boy and the police take your drugs or the police take your your money and they fuck up your drug business, your cash flow or whatever, right? The easiest way to get your business back on track is to throw a comedy show or a rap concert and pre-sell the tickets. Take the money from the pre-sold tickets, buy new dope, sell that before the show and use the profits to pay your performers and boom, your drug business is back on track. Look at Zoe's face. Zoe's amazed. Yeah. Your dad never thought of that shit when he was running the improv. So I get a call to do a show for some dope boys down in Dothan. And we get there. And it's 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 clear that it's one of these dope boy shows when we get there. It's clearly, oh my God, we we may not get paid. And <laughs> Dope boy pulls us to the side, Ralph. He goes, hey, man, this is the situation. We took the money we were supposed to pay y'all with, and we bought a brick. 
the dude that was supposed to buy the brick didn't come up here today to buy the brick. He's coming in three days. Can y'all do the show tonight? And then when we sell the brick, we'll Western Union you. Your life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're going to Western Union? Wow. Now, mind you, I'm an opener. I'm only getting $75. I'm not the headline. I'm not, it's not like I'm supposed to leave with a thousand bucks. They then go and get the brick of cocaine and they bring it into the green room and they go, tell you what, just let us give you a pinch off the brick. Stop. And you can take that in lieu of payment. But we need you to do this show. They was giving you we a part of a brick as collateral? Because we also do not have the money <laughs> to refund all the tickets. Son, stop. They're Did you do the show? What'd you I do? left. And this man called me 12 times and called me all types of motherfuckers and asshole. And then, then, this is when I was still doing morning radio. They called the radio station Monday oh, morning. Oh, snap. Talk shit to me at the radio station. Here's the best part of the story, Jody Lieberman. Let's hear it. They, they Western Unioned everybody their money who stayed. Oh. That's the South, bro. Drug dealers. With honor. That's the South, bro. There you go. I shook your hand. I tried to shake your hand, bro. That's it, that's it right there. That's a great Shout story. Shout out them drug dealers. Shout out to them drug this dealers. Day, to this day, I regret not staying and doing that show and helping two young business owners get their production company off the ground in exchange for mm. cocaine. Cocaine you'd have never done. In exchange mm. for cocaine. Yeah. yeah sure. Do you know where those guys are now? <laughs> I'm guessing a federal facility. <laughs> positively, positively sure after their experience with Roy, they're like, man, fuck this comedy shit, dog. Ready they don't even trust me. They don't even trust me, right? Uh, so, Jody, give us one. I, I know in this world you've seen and heard. and So, this is something that um, happened many years ago. I was working at Just for Laughs. For the people who don't know, the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival is essentially the NFL combine for comedy. You have the it's like, it's like the Rookie Combine and All-Star Weekend combined mm -hmm. into one, where it's the best of the greats all there in one place, and then it's the best of the new people that you haven't discovered yet. And I remember there was a comic who was doing a big fundraiser for somebody who had cancer, and they had raised a ton of money. And there was a lot of comics that were involved in the show. And it came out a little while after that the person that they were raising money for did not have cancer. Oh. And oh. that just, you know, being in the comedy oh. world and everybody going and helping and chipping in and pitching in and raising money for somebody. And then to turn around like that, it's like, well, who do you trust and who don't you trust? And how could someone say something so, I mean, there are people who legitimately have cancer who needed help and needed funds. And then they go and they raise money for this person. And it turned out to be. Was this at a time where you could run a cancer scam more easily, like via phone or via like. It was like before. Windows it was before 95. Internet probably had just started. So it was way before social media, the internet. It was probably, I think Zoe knows more details about this. I was involved. I booked, oh, it was a very good friend what? of mine. It was a very good friend of mine whose partner, his baby mama, was the one who said she's very sick. Oh. And we, I mean, this show was 
spectacular. It was the Hollywood Improv. It was like Ray Romano, Kevin James, Gary Shanley, David Spade, like people show Sarah Silverman. People showed up because he is oh. a beloved comic, a little bit probably, you know, a beloved comic in the community. So as comics do, they show up for their friends. And we put sure. this night on at the Hollywood Improv and raised money. And how they got caught is because she ran the similar scam in Vegas where they live. And she was in a show and they have a nonprofit called like or something, but they were a 501c3, whereas these were just friends. There was no infrastructure. We were just friends putting it together to help. So this friend. isn't pre-GoFundMe. This is, this is pre, all of that. pre any of that. And so, um, uh, yeah, so, um, so this organization in Vegas had to get medical records, had to get mm. more criteria in order to have the money. Yeah, so but, they started uh, getting suspicious when she couldn't send them. So then they called the, the FBI. That's right. Like, and they get legit. So because of mail, because she cashed California checks that I will say Ray Romano, Kevin James, they all wrote big, you know, gave them, she cashed them at a cash checking place at four in the morning in the valley, oh, cross state lines. I mean, we all got calls from the FBI. It was like, who was in on it? It was something like Ocean's Eleven scam. Like, who's all in on it? It was crazy. And I'm totally imagining that the poor person at the check cash and it was like, Ray, Ray oh, okay. When Kevin, are you serious right now? Like, what, are mean, you? But it speaks to how obviously wow. how supportive comics are for other comics, how they're there, and kind of are doing what comedy is back kind of is doing without the structure. And now you know. And by the way, like she was on house arrest, I think for six months or a year. How did she become so beloved in the comedy community with all this Because of her husband. I mean, because of because of her the comic. She wasn't a comic. She was she was um, a comic yeah. artist. Con artist, mm -hmm. yes, a mm -hmm. con artist. And uh, she was trying to act like she was a muse. She was yeah. a yeah. She you know she was with this comic. I'll tell you who it is off here. And uh, you know, so everybody showed up for the comic because that's what comics do for comics, right? You showed up on April, you know, fourth to help other comics. That's what they did. They were like, oh, I'm gonna help him because his wife or baby mom, you know, is sick and she doesn't have insurance because she's a performer. She was a performer in Vegas, but not a stand up. She was uh, mm -hmm. on, in one of the, you know, live shows or whatever. But Sully, yeah. he's, he's complicit too, though. I, I remember he hearing that he didn't know. Like, she lied to him also. This is before, really, like, the internet had maybe just started. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was, like, 2000s. But so I think he was very days. much in love with her. She was very mm -hmm. attractive. I think, to your point, Ralph, like, you know, the Punani might be the the leader there. And I, I went into, so they lived in Vegas. And my husband and I and a couple another friend went to Vegas and we saw them before the fundraiser when she was, and they shared, and she just sort of like, I didn't know anybody with cancer at the time, so I had nothing to compare it to, but I was like, mm -hmm. she just is disappearing. Then she's going to urgent care. I mean, I think she was getting drugs. I mean, I think she was getting op opioids, like painkillers, mm. like, because she would disappear and he'd be like, I'd be like, where's, where, oh, she's over at whatever. And I was like, but she was there yesterday. Or mm -hmm. it was a very weird thing. But again, I was like, I don't know what it, it's like to have cancer. Maybe she doesn't have insurance. I was trying to like make every yes. excuse in the book. But he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't complicit, complicit. He was just either in love or just kind of checked 
I don't know. You know, like love that last stupid. You called it. I didn't remember that was a big, big scam in the comedy community. Like I was in Montreal at Just for Laughs and hearing about it and little did I know we were talking about it today. And so he's like, I was involved in that. I don't book people on that. I remember That's crazy. Oh. Oh, man. Well, thank you all so much for coming on the show. The website is ComedyGivesBack.com. Please let us know, um, are there any plans, or let us know when there are plans to do anything else with that. I'm happy to be a part of it. We'll make the job fair a part of it, whatever we can do to help supplement what you all are doing to help keep comedians from sleeping in cars and dealing with mental health. As you know, that's a big issue in our community with all of the performers, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm here for you all. Thank you all so, so much. Zoe Friedman, Jody Lieberman, thank you for coming on the job there. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Roy, for having us. And I'll be such a great supporter of Comedy Gives Back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a presentation of iHeartRadio, Comedy Central, and South Park of Princeton Productions. Uh, Rate and review the show. I'm going to ask you for that because I haven't asked you to do that in a long time. So... That's like the third time in fucking 30 episodes that I've asked you to do me a solid and just type something nice about this fucking program so we can stay on the air. Um, I'm on tour not much longer. I think I got like a couple more weeks left. Uh, Denver, uh, holla at me, man. We're coming there. um, October October 16th. October 16th. October 16th. That third hour special. I was wondering. I was wondering where you were going with that Atlanta thing. I was like, don't you know you have to go there? Calm down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you talking about with Jeezy and all them around? Yes. Look, man, Atlanta know I'm telling the truth about their history. I'm just not, I'm smart enough to not pick a side. That's yeah. real, that's really the trick. Don't 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 go down there. If you're not from Atlanta, cheesy, you not. do not need to choose a side in that Jeezy. Oh. Mm-hmm. The best, the best thing you can do is choose outcast, and that way nobody gets upset with you. It's the easiest way to go. Straight Switzerland, the Switzerland of rap groups. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All day. <laughs> nobody will get smacked up for like a shoddy low. I'm good. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm good. Like Atlanta strip clubs, and I still want to go to them. Shout out Body right. Tap, Blue Flame, Magic City. I love all of y'all. Thank you for helping my matriculation. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.